so good to me. Monday morning, it was all I hoped it would be. We are back. It is the weekend recap, Brian and Sam, March 18th. Happy St. Patrick's Day to all. Hope you guys had a, a good and fun and safe weekend. I know I survived. This is, this is as much as I can say. Um, but we had a lot this weekend. We had a lot of stuff going on. Not only was it St. Patrick's Day weekend, we had all the power tournaments closing up. We had Selection Sunday, which just happened uh, as we're recording this. Uh, just finished about 30 minutes ago. So we'll get you immediate thoughts, essentially. But before that, we got to go through Power Conference Tournament Champions Starting the ACC, Duke knocks off Florida State. Zion Williamson is back, and when he is playing, this team is a completely different beast. Yeah, well, despite going to a 14 from deep, mm-hmm. uh, they they wrapped up the overall number one seed with a 73-63 win over uh, Florida State. Um, uh, I, 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 I texted one of my buddies at about 1 a.m., that I don't really remember sending the text on. Uh, I think it was, it had to have been Thursday night that Virginia was going to win the national title, and there they go on to, to lose in the NCC tournament. But I guess i got to stick with that pick for now. But yeah, Duke's uh, overall number one seed. Not really surprised at all. No, I mean, when the, turn, when the committee talks about how they take into account injuries – you have to assume that the team that has Zion Williamson miss a couple games and they lose a couple of those is going to get the benefit of the doubt. However, they had him and they lost to Syracuse, so exactly. just, just yeah. keep that in mind. Yeah, well, they were 3-3 three and three without him and obviously a whole lot better with him. Yes. The Big East, Villanova took down by Seton Hall Pirates. Two-point game, very close one, very fun game. Uh, some interesting calls, 74-72 is the final. Miles Powell again, another big day. Sadiq Bay for uh, Villanova, excuse me, had a double-double. Phil Booth, it seemed like whenever Villanova needed it, they got a big bucket. Um, maybe a little bit of a friendly whistle, although I don't want to say that's the issue. The reason they lost, missed shots, poor defense, just mistakes is what cost uh, the Pirates a chance to win their fourth overall Big East tournament title in second in four years. And uh, Villanova won their third consecutive Big East title, which they said was unprecedented, unprecedented, but obviously that holds more weight in the old Big East than it does the new one, but nonetheless impressive. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Villanova's starting to click. This is this is the perfect time for them. <laughs> Somehow they got a six seed and Marquette got a five, but we'll, we'll leave that be for now. Uh, I got every single game besides one right in, uh, in my Big East tournament prediction. So if, if Creighton would outlast to Xavier, I, I would have been perfect. But, I, and that's that's a great, great point to make because we did make predi- predictions on the Big East tournament. You bested me. You are the, the gentleman and the scholar. And, and <laughs> you know, I tip the cap and bow the, uh, bend the knee. So there you go. hats off. Uh, Big Ten concluded just before the selection show. Michigan State, Michigan. Wolverines lead for pretty much most of the game. I would say 75% of it. Spartans go on a big run late. End up getting the four-point win, I think it was. I don't even remember off the top of my head. But big bucket. 65, yeah. yeah. So three-point game late. They hit one or two at the line. Michigan Michigan comes down. Spartans have a couple fouls to give. They foul once, and then it looked like Cassius Winston went for the second foul. Did not call it. 
as uh, Jordan Poole went up for the shot. Complete air ball right into Michigan yep. State's hands. Foul. Spartans hit the free throws, and that's the game right there. Yeah, uh, Michigan State ended the game on a 10-0 run. Uh, it's the third comeback win of the year against the Wolverines, so they swept them. And uh, Michigan had a lead of up to 13 of that game, but Michigan State kind of, whether they rallied around uh, the gruesome ankle injury to Orange yeah. or whether they just kind of were able to pull it together, uh, came together for Tom Izzo's, what was it, sixth Big sixth. Ten tournament title. Yep. <laughs> so. He just got his 600th win the other day, and he wins his sixth title. Sixes are wild for Tom Izzo, uh, and they were the six. They were ranked in the AP poll number six. So how about that? There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan, troubling trend. They cannot find their offense, especially when they need it late. For whatever reason, they don't seem to have that go-to guy this year. I thought it was going to be Charles Matthews, and it was for a little bit earlier in the season. John Teske is like their best player right now, and that's not a good sign. Not that he's not a good player, but he should not be considered your best player. Yeah, and they've got all sorts of scoring options, but nobody really who you can say definitively, hey, we need a big shot. Yeah. Go get it. <clears throat> I mean, Braz Dikas took the ball to the rim late, didn't get a foul call, and missed the shot. But when he's taking shots, they don't really have an offensive rebounding presence. Exactly. We'll move over to the Big 12 where chaos reigned, essentially. Mm -hmm. That league doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, It was wide open. We mentioned that from the beginning when Kansas did not win another, their one millionth straight title. They ended up losing to Iowa State in the final, 78-66, completely shutting the Jayhawks out of uh, Big 12 titles this year, 12-point win. Iowa State is one of the most confusing teams in America. Yeah, they, they they go on games where they lose three or four and then get hot randomly at the right time. Uh, big props to them. Actually, it's their fourth Big 12 tourney title in six years. So they, they traded off for a few years. Yeah, that's very impressive. Given Although Kansas what, doesn't care about the Big 12 title, conference, exactly. uh, tournament title, I should say. Yeah, exactly. So fair enough, but still to... To go down to Kansas City for the last six years, get one is really impressive. And also, as a five seed, it's the very first time yeah. that a, a team seated um, below fourth has won a Big Twelve tournament title. So, shout out to uh, the Iowa State Cyclones, second and team Lincoln, I know Wiggins. of. Yeah, second second team I know of this year, or second league, excuse me, that's had a fifth or lower seed win the title for the first time. The other one's the Missouri Valley. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, props to the Cyclones. They'll be an interesting team to watch. They're either going to be very good in the first game or get absolutely demolished. I think it's Sweet 16 or just get absolutely blown out in the first round and never have a shot for them. Yep. Not really much in the middle. Pac-12, Oregon blows the doors. Absolutely blows out. Um, uh, blows out Washington, excuse me. Uh, this was a late night game. I don't think there were a ton of eyes on it, but sheesh, does Washington look bad to close out the year? Yeah, and we saw we we talked about fifth seed Iowa State winning. Uh, here's sixth seed Oregon coming all of a sudden with uh, Dana Altman getting hot at the right time, uh, scoring a when you're supposed to be your kind of conferences flag bearer for what many will consider was just an absolutely awful year in the Pac-12, and Historic. I think. Historic. Yeah, 
three tournament teams is too, too many in the Pac-12, but that's a conversation for a later date. But uh, you have a 16 Oregon just blowing out Washington, who can't even score 50 points in their conference tournament game. Uh, yeah. Great job with Dana Allman and the, and the Oregon Ducks, but it's just an absolute embarrassment headed uh, uh, to Washington as they head into the tournament. Not the showing, certainly, that Mike Hopkins and crew would want. The good news is you flip the switch, complete reset. You're not playing a team that you've seen multiple times this year. You're playing somebody completely different in a neutral setting. Vegas was a neutral setting, I understand, but another new neutral setting. It'll be interesting to see what they do in the first round. I think they're in the 8-9 game. I don't have the bracket in front of me right now, but I believe they're uh, in that. So, certainly some opportunity for uh, for a tough game because, as I found out today, the 8-9 game is literally 50-50 between yep, the 8s and the 9s. 68 and 68. Or 68 and 68. And, yeah, they, they've got Utah State and Columbus. Oh, yes, but, I, that's right. That's going to be yeah, quite that, the game. Yeah, bit of a bit of an odd time change for both of those guys, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, they are, lest we not forget, Washington basketball is tougher together, so we'll see how they do. They are. It's the Conference of Champions. So, SEC today, Auburn absolutely dominates Tennessee. This is the Auburn team we had expected this year. 84-64 win. Okiki with 18 points and 13 rebounds. I mean, the big names for Tennessee just did not show up. It's as simple yeah. as that. Yeah, uh, Admiral Schofield had four points. Grant Williams got hot kind of late but uh, to, to finish with 13, I think. But when they average for almost 39 points a game between the two, that doesn't uh, leave you a whole lot of room for success when they're not scoring how they're supposed to. And I, I, I kind of was thinking this as I was watching it. If not for the, obviously, if not for the massive 19-0 run that Auburn was able to go on, it was the most entertaining blowout that I could have ever imagined. Some huge momentum swings both yeah. ways. Some There were three or four possessions in which uh, Auburn came down, hit a three. Tennessee came down, hit a three. Auburn came down, hit a three. Tennessee came down through a lob and had a dunk or something like that. So very, very exciting game to watch obviously if i said if not for the the, the kind of nail in the coffin that was in the first half that got uh right uh, not, what was it 31 to 9, 31 to 18 and, and they never really relinquished that lead yeah they they ran out they did what they had to do and they took care of business from there you know it's basketball is a game of runs but it's about sustaining your run and then taking the counter punch that you're going to get because every 95% of the time, a team is going to make a run, no matter what the score is. You're going to get a run from mm-hmm. them, and it's going to make the game a lot more interesting. So being able to not get too high when your team's on a run and then take a counterpunch from them and you know deflect and, and stay alive, that's what it's all about, and that's what we saw Auburn do very well today. And Bruce Pro was able to get revenge against Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, and Auburn is another five seed that won the conference tournament. So... The, the the ones did not only in the power six but across all of college basketball that the favorites really had a tough time this past week. They did. They really did. It was. Uh, I mean, th- this is the perfect precursor for what we're going to see in the NCAA tournament. And it may not be the upsets you expect, but it'll probably be the ones farther down the line with a team you know that's a five or a six seed making an elite eight appearance or something along those lines. Oh yeah, uh, the I, I always whether it's just because of, I, I still remember that magical Kemba Walker run. I always pick a team 
team wins one of their conference tournaments in the Power Six, uh, and maybe I, I always put them advancing a round or two too far, I think. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm put, just staring at the bracket right now before I sit down and fill it out. I'll for sure have Auburn in the Elite Eight or Final Four, and it, it won't work out for me. But I, I, I put uh, too much weight in the conference tournaments, but I, I that's just how, how I've been, and I'm not changing anytime soon. Hey, you do what you got to do. Whatever breeds success, you know. Yeah. It's it's a it's an art form. It's you got to practice it, and that's what you're doing here. Speaking mm-hmm. of the tournament, let's go through the field a little bit here. You can get a better in depth view of that on the B Fox and B Frank show coming Tuesday morning. So check that out. Last four in: Belmont, Temple, Arizona State, St. John's. They gave Belmont a shot, which is all that really matters. Which now, I'm really happy about. Yeah, I am. I'm very happy. My concern, and they gave him a very winnable game against Temple. I think Temple's good. Shiz Alston is a very good player that no one really knows that well. Super talented guard. My worry is that Belmont either comes up flat or they win in a close game and then get killed in the second round. So, ideally, <laughs> Belmont can make a little run here. But, you know, it's a, it's a positive step forward when you see a mid-major team get an at-large bid. Exactly, yeah. And Seth Davis thinks they'll get past Maryland, which might be... Uh, Maryland is uh, such a weird team. Yeah, yeah, a bit wishful thinking because uh, they might not match up physically with the Terrapins all that right. well. But like you said, they're a weird team. And What month is it, Brian? It's March. This is March. Uh, yeah, Temple in, Arizona State in. That's the third Pac-12 team, which you had alluded to before. Um I actually did not have Arizona State in my field. That was the only team I did not get right. I had TCU in safely as opposed to them in the last four. Yesterday I had Arizona State in my last four in, and I bumped them for Belmont. It happens, you know? (laughs) Swing and a miss, first time doing it, but hey. And then St. John's, the last team in, the fourth Big East team. There were a lot. Please tell me how. Please tell me how St. John's is in. Please let me know. Okay. Uh, So this is this is the line that you'll hear from the tournament committee every year, and it's that we don't take league record into account. They don't choose teams based on how they do in their conference season. Meaning, if a team is under five hundred in the league, it does not matter. It's the overall. This is the phrase: overall body of work. That's what you're going to hear overall body of work and the Johnnies DePaul was probably their worst loss this year um, when you look at the non-conference it's not spectacular but the VCU win aged very well they also mm-hmm. had wins they, they were what three and one I think against the top two teams in the league um, Villanova and Marquette they split with Seton Hall who was the third team in the league you know they took care of business against other teams I think they got swept by Providence which wasn't the greatest look but at the end of the day, the Johnnies were a 20-win team, no real bad losses, four quality wins. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I hear you, and that that that's understandable. Which, but I don't know on the 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 line about not really caring about the conference and caring about the whole resume. It it it, it still baffled me that at the seventh seed in the ten-team league is that. But yeah, you're. Uh, your uh, explanation to me was satisfactory enough, so that's that's cooled me down a little bit. 
Good. I'm I'm glad to help. <laughs> yeah, and, and St. John's is a team that I took a lot in our uh, They're crazy. rankings. That that I, I kind of the is Joe Flacco lead is St. John's good? Yeah, that I was waffling back and forth all the time, and apparently the committee leaned on. They're all right this week. This is a team that I know for sure I'm going to pick to go way too far, way <laughs> too far. And by that they I mean they the could, East tournament. They could very easily lose the first round, like this game in Dayton to Arizona State. Or they could easily make a Sweet 16 run. I don't know. <laughs> That's the problem with this team. Because if you get the team that played game one against DePaul, they can beat anybody. But if you get yeah. the team that played against Marquette, they're going to lose to anybody. Yeah. And by anybody, I mean anybody. They could lose to Iona. <laughs> they could lose to Prairie View. They could lose to those teams that are the 16s. Anyways, top four seeds. Duke, Virginia, North Carolina, and Gonzaga. Three ACC teams getting the number one spots in... The uh, regions, Zags, hold on to the number one spot thanks to pretty much Kentucky and Tennessee failing to do anything in their conference tournament. Mm-hmm. I think they got it right. I mean, I don't – you can kind of flip them around, but every team got pretty much their ideal spot. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe North Carolina could, could have said that they would have rather be in the D.C. region, the East region instead of the Midwest, but – Oh well, I mean it's it's not that big a deal. Yeah, and Michigan State, Tennessee, Michigan, and Kentucky on the two line. Yeah, those besides Duke, which is the overall number one. Um, you, you could and and probably Gonzaga just because they were so dominant throughout their conference, even though they uh, gave one to St. Mary's. Yep. Uh, you you could switch any of those one and two teams besides those two I mentioned. So I guess UVA and UNC uh, could be replaced by either. Michigan State, Tennessee, Michigan, Kentucky, depending on what happened in the conference tournaments, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I I think Virginia was very deserving. There are three losses this year, two to Duke, and one to Florida State, who I think is like the most undervalued team in America right now. I had them as a three seed. They got a four. I mean, it doesn't seem like that big a difference, but it certainly is. Florida State is very good. They play really good defense. They're super long. They're athletic. They actually can score this year, which is completely different than years past. And they've got so many different guys that can do it. So I like Florida State a lot, probably too much. But, I mean, they went to the Elite Eight last year. People thought they lost a ton. I think they're better this year than they were last year. This is a legitimate Final Four team. Exactly, yeah. Well, and talking about undervalued teams, uh, I've got something that I've flirted to you beforehand. But my uh, dumb idea, dumb debate, whatever you want to call it, is give the – just so we don't end up with – and the ACC, at the end of the day, through your explanations, through explanations I've seen from other people, deserving of three out of the, out of the four top seeds. But right. listen to this. Hear me out. Yep. Don't, don't be afraid to tear it apart. But what if we gave the top four of the Power Six conferences so that it exclude the Big East and the Pac-12 this year? If the winners of those conference tournaments, if we really want March to be mad, Give the four seed the the four teams that win their conference tournaments the overall number one seed and just watch havoc ensue. So it's Aub- so it's Auburn, it's Iowa State, it's Duke, and Michigan State and Michigan State. Yeah, so I mean, that, two that of it- those teams are legitimate options as one seeds. The other two yeah. are not. Um, exactly. If you want March to be mad, then sure. Yep. It, what it does is it completely devalues the entire regular season. Because then 
what if Cal went on a run and won the, the Pac-12? We've got 10 and 25 Cal as a <laughs> one seed. And they very easily could lose to, you know, whatever 16 they get put up against. That's my biggest issue with it. There are certainly others, but it, I, I like when March is mad. I like when it's like that. I don't see the committee going towards it because they just seem... Oh, never in a million years. <laughs> I mean, it do, this does favor the Blue Blood conferences, I guess, but it certainly does not favor the Blue Blood teams because yeah. if you look at Kansas, historically, they're not that good in the Big 12 tournament. I mean, Duke has to go through Carolina and Virginia pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get all... You're, I mean, if... If you told someone that you can only get one of those three on the one line every single year, they'd say no. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they they don't care what the deal is. They just say no. Yep. Yeah. Um, Completely understand. And, and it also it also something that as I was kind of thinking this out, it, it just completely screws over a team like Gonzaga, who, yeah. like I said, has been dominant for their entire season. It adds so. the bias to the power conferences that people already assume are there. Exactly. Yeah. Just, just, just to kind of throw it out there. Talk about it with your buddies. Make fun of me all you want, but just, just something to think about. Last thing for the tournament. Give me a couple games you're looking forward to. Uh, definitely first round. Something that's guaranteed to happen. Marquette and Murray State. Yep. I want John Morant and Marcus Howard to go shot for shot. I don't care if they get to 40 points on 45 shots or 40 points on 14 shots. I, I want to see that game be be in the 80s or 90s with Marcus Howard and John Morant scored more than half of their team's points. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Marcus Howard has not played well lately. Plain and simple, he has not. Big East semifinal, he goes 1 for 15, gets a lot lot of generous calls to go to the line 24 (laughs) times. He's a 90% shooter, and he only hits 75% of those. And they lose. I mean, they lose in a close game because of that. So, wild to see it all happen, but he needs to be better, and he's going up against a very good guard. Yeah. Both teams super turnover prone, by the way. This could be like a, a run-and-gun type of game. Yeah, yeah. if it's not a scoring in the 80s or 90s, it'll be scoring in the 60s maybe with mm-hmm. each team having 25 turnovers. And But obviously I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't turn into that kind of snooze fest. Right, right. What else do you got? Another one rematch of uh, Seton Hall, Kentucky, which obviously isn't guaranteed to happen because Seton Hall has to get through Wofford. But uh, you, you were at the game at, Mich- at uh, Madison Square Garden earlier this year. What, what, what do you think about that, Brian? I was there. I was, I, I'm was. i glad we didn't get the 8-9 game against Gonzaga. When I saw that Villanova was a 6, I thought there was a real chance we got a 10. Then when I realized it was going to be Kentucky, I said – or when I saw Wofford, I said, this is it. This is where we get drawn. Then I realized <laughs> – after I was like, oh, fuck, Fletcher McGee is going to destroy us. <laughs> then I realized, oh, wait, even if we win, we get to play Kentucky, who we beat this year. That's going to want to just blow the doors off of us. That's great. So <laughs> I'm not thrilled. But the only thing I can say about this team, the only thing I want to say about this team, I guess, is that they never die. There's only one game this year they've really given up, and that was a blowout at Villanova where we historically are like the worst basketball team to ever grace the planet. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm, I don't know. It's, it feels like house money. Like no one expected them to be here except for me. Uh, you know, hand up. I'll, I'll take my credit <laughs> now. I called it preseason and I stuck by it all year. They, 
they're playing with house money and it's just going to be fun. Like this is the time for a guy like Miles Powell to get his name on the map. Not that it isn't yet, but for the non college basketball fans to learn who he is. Yeah. Well, and if, if he finishes, if he puts a few games together in the NCAA tournament, obviously there are not that you can change it now, but I still think he should have been the biggest player of the year. I agree, but that's neither here nor there. Like Marcus Howard is a very good player. I like him a lot. Yeah. So I have no qualms with that. Uh, any other games you got? Uh, Liberty over Mississippi State. Okay. And uh, Oregon. Oregon, Wisconsin. Wisconsin are my uh, 12-5 upsets to look at. Not guarantee, but to look out for this year. All right. You heard it here first. You can thank him later. <laughs> we'll move on to our final topic, and that's Johnny Manziel signing with the Memphis Express and Coach Mike Singletary in the Ameri- or the Alliance of American Football. Johnny is back. That's all, that's all that matters. Like I'm very excited to see this guy play. Yeah, it's not looking too hot for me uh, taking him in the 2018, let me be frank, death pool. So he's back playing football. <laughs> it's, you, you love to see it, honestly. You love to see it. You like being wrong in those pools. But, hey, that, exactly. that is our weekend. We hope you had a great one, and we will be back with you next week. As always, check us out, let me be frank blog, at LMBF Sports on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we will talk to you soon.